Pastor Xavier Reese says imperfect vessels make for ideal servants. God has placed the treasure of His Spirit and His Word in this earthen vessel that the power and glory may be of God and not of ourselves, 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says. Listen, don't get enamored with the pot. Make sure the pot is close enough to the light of God so you'll see the cracks in it. Every one of us' pots are cracked. And as you see the crack, you'll also see the treasure in it. Very important. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body. From these verses in Romans 12, it's clear that in the spiritual body, some are fitted for and called to one sort of work, others for another sort of work. As Pastor Xavier examines the call on the prophet Isaiah's life, he points out that as God calls us to ministry, His Spirit enables each one of us to fulfill that calling. It's the simple truth he draws from our text in Isaiah chapter 3. Let's listen. Before the days of modern navigational aids, a traveler made an Atlantic crossing on a boat equipped with two compasses. One was fixed on the deck where the man at the wheel could see it. The other was, was fastened to the mast high above. And once in a while you would see a sailor climb up there and inspect it. The passenger asked the captain, why do you have two compasses? The captain replied, this is an iron ship, an iron vessel. And the compass on the deck is often affected by its surroundings. Such is not the case of the compass at the masthead. The one is above the influence. We steer by the compass from above. Such is the case with a man. He can be so affected by the influence of the world and his surroundings. But he must always depend on God who is above all the influence and gives true direction to life. Today, the greater percentage of people in the church are looking to man and not to God. And they're being directed by the influence that goes on on the earth. This is exactly what was going on with Isaiah, the prophet. And God called him to be a prophet of the nation. He set his course. He was an Israelite. He loved his nation. But he had no real direction from God. It was only for a man, as we will see. Let me read this chapter so we get the picture of Isaiah here. He says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphims. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, and two he covered his feet, and with the two he flew. And the one cried to the other, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphims flew to me, 
having in his hand a live coal which he had taken with the tongue from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go and tell this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return and be healed. Then I said, Lord, how long? And he answered, until the cities are laid desolate and without inhabitants, the houses are without a man, the land is utterly destroyed or desolate, and the Lord has removed man far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. But yet a tenth will be in it and will return and be for consuming. As a terebinth tree and as the oak, whose stump remains when it is cut down, so the holy seed shall be its stump. We want to look and examine Isaiah's call and examine the threefold way in which it came to him. Isaiah's call came by way of a vision of God, verse 1 through 4. Secondly, Isaiah's call came by way of a vision of transformation in verse 5 through 7. And then thirdly, Isaiah's call came by way of a vision of his commission in verse 9 through 13. Let's begin here with Isaiah's call. It came by way of a vision of God. First four verses. Notice first, the vision is dated by the year that King Uzziah died, 740 B.C. Some put it 739, right in there. Now, a little interesting fact about Uzziah. Uzziah was 16 years old when he began to be king, to reign, and he reigned for 52 years in Jerusalem. He was a good king. Second Chronicles 26 gives you all this information about Uzziah. Good king. People loved him. He was great. During his reign, the Ammonites were brought under his tribute. His fame spread throughout the earth, even to the entrance of Egypt, and he became exceedingly strong, the chapter tells us. Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate, the valley gate, and at the corner of buttress of the wall, and he fortified them. So he was a good military general. People felt secure under him. Moreover, Uzziah had an army of fighting men who went out to war by companies under the hand of Hananiah, one of the king's captains. He had faithful men under him. Uzziah prepared for them, for the entire army, shields, spears, helmets, body army, bows, slings, all the armament. He devised these for them. But when he was strong, it says, his heart was lifted up to his own destruction, for the transgress he transgressed against the Lord his God by entering into the temple of God to burn incense on the altar of incense, 2 Chronicles 26, 16 tells us. God was using him. God was working through him. And he got to a place where he got too big for his own britches. That means pants. Isn't it just like man? We, we start believing that it's really us. We think we're the hottest thing since ice cream. They withstood Uzziah. The priest said, it is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have transgressed. You shall have no honor 
from the Lord, the chapter says, verse 18. Then Uzziah became furious. And he had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was angry with the priest, leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord, besides the altar of incense. Intruding into areas that were not his calling. Thinking that he was sufficient because God had done so much. Leprosy struck him. He was as a dead man. And so King Uzziah was a leper until the day of his death, and he dwelt in an isolated house because he was a leper. Listen, for he was cut off from the house of the Lord. How tragic. His son Jotham reigned for him in his stead, and then when he died, he continued to reign. This is the date. This is when it all took place. The year that King Uzziah died. Notice the vision is described in detail in verse, the rest of verse 1 down to 4. In verse 1, he saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. A vision takes place while a person's awake. Isaiah was awake, possibly in the temple. We're not sure. We can't be dogmatic about it, but maybe in the court area. He was awake, and he was seeing this vision. In contrast to a dream, you're asleep, and you see it. Both are given in Scripture. Isaiah was to see the king of kings. God was sitting. All was under control. Isaiah probably had his eyes on Uzziah also. Great king. Feel comfortable. Boy, he's good. He's dead. What do we do? God gives him a vision of himself. He's there. He's sitting. He's under control. The earth is going crazy, but God isn't. I've told you often, he's not up there biting his nails. He's in control. He was not anxious about the death of Uzziah like other people were. He wanted people to get their eyes back on God. Certainly Isaiah right here. Isaiah, look at me. Look to me. Not man. Isaiah was to see that God was high and lifted up, implying his unique place and position. In heaven above all men in all circumstances. See, so often our circumstance and problem become so large because our God is so small we forget where he sits and his authority. We lose sight. In complete power authority, no rival. He saw no one else, just God. No rival. Isaiah was to see that the train of God's role filled the temple. No other majesty and glory was to be seen but God's by the servant of God. Too often servants of God taint the glory of God and they put an idol next to it with feet of clay. Man at best has feet of clay. As Shakespeare said, man, poor man, ignorant in that which he knows best. The best that we know, we know very little about it. Notice he saw seraphim, verse 2. Seraphim are an order of Angels with six wings, with two that cover their face from the Shekinah glory of God, with two that cover their feet, recognizing the holy ground in humility, and with two they fly. Every Hebrew word that H ends with an I am at the end means plural. It's a plural form. Seraph, one. Seraphim, two. There are also cherubim, which have two wings and four wings. Singular, cherub. Plural, Cherubim. You find them in Exodus 25, 19 over the mercy seat of the 
Ark of the Covenant. One on one and one the other, the wings crossed, the glory of God appeared in the middle. Also 1 Kings 6.24. The four-winged cherubs are seen in the vision of Ezekiel in chapter 1, 11, and 23, and 10, 20. Those are the two chapters, chapter 1 and 10, where he sees the throne of God, the angelic beings. By the way, Lucifer is called a cherub in Ezekiel 14. The anointed cherub. He was a choir director of heaven before he led rebellion. Now notice, he heard and saw with clear understanding what was going on in verse 3 and 4. The seraphim declared that God was holy, holy, holy three times. Never do we hear holy, 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 holy. Never do we hear holy, holy. Never do we hear holy, 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 holy. It's always three times. The pattern is without exception. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity. The seraphim declared that the entire earth is full of its glory. Chaos is breaking out. Isaiah's, uh, Uzziah's gone. What are we going to do? Assyria. All's going on. What's going on? The glory of the Lord fills the earth. Are you caught up? You're saying, oh, what's going to happen with the Lord? Terry's, my children, the generation, they're going to grow. My grandkids. The glory of the Lord fills the earth. He's in control. God was right on schedule with the kingdom as Uzziah was removed. There was to be no mistake. God had used men in the past. God had used Uzziah. And now God will use someone else. Listen, men are expendable. Your pastor is expendable. God is not. You understand? The vision seen by the prophet of God and the angelic host here is interpreted for us by John. In his gospel, chapter 12, verse 41, he tells us that Isaiah saw Jesus. That's who he saw. Amazing commentary. <laughs> One day, Jonathan Edwards was hindered from going to church with his family. And being at his father's house, he walked into his library, and he was looking around the books, and he just picked this book, old leather, and there was no title, and he opened it up. It was a Bible. And where he opened it up, he came to the scripture. Now unto the king eternal, immortal, invincible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. He wrote in his journal years afterward that the immediate effect of this text was an awakening and alarm to his soul. For it brought him to a most novel and most extensive thought of the vastness and majesty of the true sovereign of the universe. Out of this grew the pain of guilt and for having resisted such a monarch so long and for having served him so poorly. And whereas he had hitherto had last and slight notions of his own wickedness and very little poignancy of his acute remorse, he now felt the deepest contrition, the deepest contrition. He saw God. Let me suggest to you that what is lacking in the church today is men and women seeing God. They see a pastor. They see a church. But they don't see God. That's what's lacking in the church today. People are not seeing God. The failure of a man is to fix his eyes on a man God uses and taking them off God, if perhaps maybe never having on him, on God. At times, good men 
who are called get in the way of God, losing sight that they are mere instruments of God. And they start taking a posture as if they really are something special. And so God at times has to sovereignly remove a man, such as Uzziah. Very possibly, the people had their eyes on Uzziah too much. Certainly, his life in old age did not help him. Listen to Paul as he tells the Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Are your eyes upon your pastor, your church, the world, or upon God? You have to ask that question. And you have to answer it. You see, God will share his glory with no man, the scriptures tell us. God has placed the treasure of his spirit and his word in this earthen vessel that the power and glory may be of God and not of ourselves, 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says. God has put this valuable treasure in this earthen pot. Listen, don't get enamored with the pot. Make sure the pot is close enough to the light of God so you'll see the cracks in it. Every one of us' pots are cracked, imperfect. Don't get off in dim lighting and say, oh, look how beautiful it is. No, 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 come here. Let me put it in the sun. Put it up against the light. And as you see the crack, you'll also see the treasure in it. Very important. Paul told the Galatians, but God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world, Galatians 6.24. You remember John, the beloved, in Revelation 5, 11, and 12, he saw the throne of God. And he was in awe, and he saw the lamb as it had been slain. The 24 elders prostrated themselves to the ground, and thousands times and thousands of angels cried out, Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. It must be to God. Isaiah's call came by way of a vision of God. Notice secondly. Isaiah's call came by way of a vision of transformation in verse 5 through 7. First in verse 5, the vision convicted Isaiah of his sin. Isaiah saw his own unworthiness and sinfulness before God. Then I said, woe is me, for I am undone, literally destroyed or cut off. I've had it. I've got no hope. When you see God, let me tell you, you will never be the same. Perhaps prior to this, Isaiah was a little self-righteous, thinking of Uzziah, though he admired him. Being a man like I, he probably said, well, I can't believe it, Uzziah. You know, I mean, man, why would he do that? He exalted himself because, you know, he wasn't out there drinking and partying and he wasn't snorting some camel hashish or whatever they had in those days. <laughs> but, you know, and, and he had to get a glimpse of God and said, listen, Isaiah, you are just like them. Whoa. Isaiah is going to tell us in chapter 64, verse 6, that our best we can do is a menstrual garment. Hmm. Isaiah saw himself as a sinner, as all of humanity. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. This is a recognition of being poor in spirit that Jesus taught on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 3. The acknowledgement is the first of step 
of the Beatitudes, the very foundation of godly repentance, you recognize your bankruptcy before a holy God. There's the standard. Not you, not me, not anybody else, not Billy Graham, but holiness and perfection. Can you handle that? You want to take a shot at it? Once you see that, then you see yourself who you really are. Ladies, why do you spend so much time in the mirror in the morning? Because you want to see what you look like, the truth of it, before you walk out. How many of you ladies get mad at your mirror? You love your mirrors because it tells you what you look at. And if you've got your eyelash wrong or you've got a button that's out of line, you want to fix it. I just went to a board meeting Thursday, and these guys, these dogs, these friends of mine, were sitting there, and Trudy just bought me some new pants. And so I take all the tags. That's about five in the morning. I'm cutting them off so I don't wake her up. And I do one of those stick-on tags on the bottom of the leg, 30, 32, all the way down. I'm walking around the restaurant. They're not telling me nothing. Great. Every dog has his day. These are my friends. You see, Isaiah saw the captain of the armies of heaven, the Lord of hosts. You must see God, and you know what? He'll wipe you out. No one can stand against him. He's never lost a fight, an argument, or a battle. That's who you're facing if you want to lead your own life. You must understand that. Notice, secondly, verse 6 and 7. The vision consecrated Isaiah's life. Isaiah saw his need of heaven's help. This is so good. The mediator used was a seraph who dwelt in the presence of the holy God. One of them came over, flew, and took a live coal with tongue from the altar of God in heaven there. And the tabernacle, remember, was a pattern of things in heaven. That's why God told Moses, make sure you make it exactly after the pattern. He says that in Exodus, the author of Hebrews says that. Why? Because he wanted men to get accustomed and familiar with the throne of God. We have the tabernacle. We have here Isaiah. We have Ezekiel chapter 1, chapter 2 of the angels. We have Revelation 4 and 5. Get familiar with these passages. So when you go before the presence of God, you're not up there like some kind of hick saying, what the heck are they doing? What's that? Get familiar with it. Heaven is given to us many, many times throughout the scriptures. The incense altar stood before the veil in the Holy of Holies, right before it. Here we have it. Altar of incense, coals taken off life. John saw it represented the prayers of the saints in Revelation 5.8. Smoke going up, a sweet-smelling aroma to God. The prayers of the saints. Notice verse 7, Isaiah saw himself made pure to stand before God. The message to Isaiah was that his iniquity was taken away. Literally, his sin of weakness, all his guilt, everything. The message was that his sin was purged, literally atoned for the sin of his wickedness. And the word purged means it's kofar. We get our word cover from it. The word atonement in the Old Testament means a covering. It was there as an IOU for the true payment to come, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, John 1, 29. And when Jesus came, he paid for all those past sins. He paid the cash. 1 John 2, says that he was the propitiation, the sacrifice that appeased the wrath of God, satisfied it, not only for our sins, but for the whole world. He's going to talk about him in the second half of Isaiah, beginning chapter 40. He's going to really nail his identity in, in chapter 53, the Lamb of God. 
Pastor Xavier Reese describing the vision of the Old Testament prophet Isaiah, providing a sneak peek at the soul-cleansing power of the blood of the Lamb of God, shed on the cross some 700 years later. Now, much more to share on that next time. Today's study is simply titled, Directive from Heaven. This important study is one that will challenge you to serve the Lord in your own personal calling. So to receive a copy, ask for the title, Directive from Heaven. And we can send you a copy on CD for just $4. Request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please be sure and include the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This is another tool we use to track the impact of this outreach in your area. How can you gauge the success of your ministry? Join Pastor Xavier Reese next time and find out how you measure up as he brings us more Simple Truths. How can you gauge the success of your ministry? Join Pastor Xavier Reese next time and find out how you measure up as he brings us more Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 